It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod and email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com. Tell them that Lockdown sent you. We will recap that awful game against the Portland Trailblazers. We're going to talk about why the next two weeks of this season will be the most important weeks of the Thunder's entire season. And then we're going to rank the young players that are currently on this roster under the age of 23. Let's start with that Portland game, though, and we start the way we always do with the game overview. SGA, of course, is still out with that foot injury. Darius Baisley still out with a shoulder injury. Lou Dort out in concussion protocol. And Mike Muscala was out with an ankle injury. This will be your injury report for tonight's game against Detroit as well. However, add Josh Hall and Isaiah Roby, who both are now in the NBA's concussion protocol. They're also out for tonight's game against Detroit and beyond that as they wait to clear concussion protocol. For context on Josh Hall and Isaiah Roby, Lou Dort sustained that concussion last Sunday against the Celtics, and he's still in concussion protocol right now. And you just have to feel for Josh Hall because at every turn he's been hit with injuries He sustained that sore knee in the G League bubble, cannot play in the G League, and now as he's getting his opportunity in the NBA and getting a lot more minutes in the NBA, now he sadly has a concussion, but those two guys will enter the concussion protocol, and then the Thunder will be very short-handed tonight against Detroit. They won't have SGA, Baisley, Dort, Muscala, or Hall, or Roby, so their rotation shrinks a ton tonight against Detroit. So what were the big things from this Portland game? Well, everyone played awful in this game, and when you lose by over 40 points and you lose 133 to 85, uh, there is not a ton of positives to take away. And this is your second straight night of getting blown out because you're blown out in Phoenix as well, but at least in Phoenix, your rookies played really well. In this game, there were some subtleties that you can look at. Like for one is Tony Bradley. Uh, Tony Bradley is quietly performing very well in Oklahoma City. He's put up 14 points in this game while grabbing eight rebounds. And Tony Bradley looks more like a polished NBA player than Moses Brown, for example, but that's to be expected given their age and experience. Tony Bradley in Oklahoma City is averaging nine points and six rebounds and one assist with 66% from the floor. Very efficient. I love the way that he runs the pick and roll. He looks very fluid in that role. He has really great hands. He uses his body well to seal off defenders and be able to get to the basket and get a high quality look. He is just an all around fundamentally sound player. I don't, I do not think that there's a ton of upside with Tony Bradley. I do not think that there's going to be a ton of like new flashy plays that he can produce, but 
he can simply play his role and do his job and do it very well and execute. And that's a big deal. You have to have players who can execute. And on any given night, Tony Bradley will for sure execute his main job. Again, sealing off the defenders with his body, boxing out very well, having soft hands where he's pretty much catching every single pass that gets thrown into him. Tony Bradley just makes the right play. And since he does that, he provides something in games like this. Him and Kendrick Williams were very solid in this game while everyone else is having that bad moment. It's looking like the young players that they are. I mean, you're playing a 19-year-old in Pokashevsky, a 23-year-old in Isaiah Roby with no experience entering this year. And then Moses Brown, of course, is 20 years old and was a G League player last year and is now playing big NBA minutes. So Maladon's 19 years old. Ty Jerome is still young at 23, has more experience, though, because of college. And then Josh Hall is 20 years old, who's skipped college, went straight out of high school uh, after the you know kind of prep circuit. So in a young team like this, where you're seeing guys you know, struggle and you're seeing guys not play well, Tail Maldon follows up that 33-point night with a 1-for-12 night. Those two, and Tony Bradley and, and Kendrick Williams, they really stable the ship a bit for their 25 minutes that they get a night. And in this game, Bradley goes 14-8 and eight and plays the right way and executes even within all that, within his teammates not playing well. And then as Kendrick Williams, he goes out there and he continues to hustle. He continues to give effort. And then offensively, he gets 18 on 3-for-3 shooting from beyond the arc. And he gets four rebounds, two assists, and plays really well all around. And it's impressive watching Kendrick Williams continue to be efficient and continue to be good, even in blowout games like this, whereas other teammates do not have it. Therefore, once Kendrick Williams gets started and gets heated up a bit, defenses can pay more attention to him because they do not think that the other guys will beat them. And Kendrick Williams has emerged as this really great shooter. And I... I tweeted out his, his numbers a couple of games ago and Pelicans fans just went all over it and got all over it and, and were upset he couldn't do that in New Orleans. And you're seeing this abnormal spike from him with his efficiency. And some of that, I think, is due to the lack of fans and the better sight lines. And you're seeing an uptick around the league of shooting and shooting efficiency. And some of that is opportunity as well. He's getting more of a chance in this system and in this role to play more minutes and produce more shots. And even so, he's only producing about two or three shots per game more than what he was in New Orleans, but he has a lot better spacing than he did in New Orleans to be able to get freer looks and better shots. Will he continue to shoot at this pace that he's shooting right now this year? I don't think so. I think that he will regress a bit percentage-wise. But I think that overall within the NBA, whenever fans return to the stands and, and you're playing in front of max capacity eventually, that all these percentages will come back down to reality a little bit because things will change for you in your sight lines and things like that. And, and Kenny Hustle is shooting 57% from the floor and 44% from beyond the arc. For a guy who's never done that in his career and, and never particularly close to doing that in his career, shooting 25% last year and 33% the year prior from beyond the arc. And then from the floor, shooting 34% and 38% to now all of a sudden be shooting 57% and 44% is abnormal. I mean, that's obvious. And so he'll take a step back a bit. However, I do think that he's better than what he was in New Orleans. So how much will he level off is the question left to answer for Kendrick Williams moving forward next year and the year after that. This is a great season for him, but you have to, to look at the odds and be realistic about what's going to happen with him moving forward. Now, the great thing for Kendrick Williams is that his efficiency numbers do not really define what he can do as a player. So he's still going to give you the effort, the hustle, the defense, and the high quality 
basketball plays. It's the beautiful cutting. It's moving the ball, making the extra pass, making the swing pass. It's all of that stuff that goes along with Kendrick Williams' game. So whenever his numbers do kind of regress a tiny bit and he drops down to maybe even a league average shooter, since he's doing all that other stuff, it, en- it enhances him as a player. So I have no concerns about Kendrick Williams moving forward as a player, but on the same token, these percentages are kind of fool's gold a little bit to me, just based on the entire NBA and their numbers going up a bit. But in this game, I mean, the two rookies didn't play well after their record-breaking night. Maladon goes one for 12, and Poku goes three for 13. But Poku did get those two blocks. I think Moses Brown, outside of Tony Bradley and Kendrick Williams, was the last really good performer. Uh, He goes for 10 points, gets you 14 rebounds, only has the one turnover, but does make the five fouls. He had to play against some tough big men in use of Nurkic and even Enos Cantor. And Cantor in this game gets 17 rebounds, and a lot of that is... Share the floor with Moses Brown and then Tony Bradley. But I think all in all, Moses Brown handled the challenge of these two bigs pretty well. Again, the foul trouble will come with him being a young player and just his overall framework, which I think will improve this summer. But I, I was surprised with, with what Moses Brown could do against Portland. Now, he'll continue to get tested throughout this stretch. We're going to talk about coming up what this schedule looks like for Oklahoma City. We're also going to rank the top young players under 23 on this roster coming up right now. Let's wrap up this game against Portland with the bet of the day. After that blowout on Friday, I thought for sure the Thunder would bounce back on Saturday and keep it within 16. So I bet Oklahoma City plus 16. That did not cash in. They absolutely got destroyed. And so I've lost that bet. My money ball pick of the day was Taylor Maldon staying hot from beyond the arc. As we mentioned, he was one for seven from beyond the arc. However, the... Winning ticket was only two threes uh, from Alexei Pokashevsky who got two, and Ty Jerome got two, as well as Darius Miller got two as well. And now it's time for the MVP of the game, which of course is Tony Bradley. I was very impressed with him as a basketball player in this game, and I think that moving forward, he'll continue to show those solid flashes of just being a consistently good player. And you need guys like that. Not, not everyone can be that starting level player, that changing your franchise level player, but Tony Bradley can absolutely serve as a quality backup in this league where he simply does his job and he's dependable and he doesn't have these ups and downs and ups and downs. He's kind of more steady and he's a really good spot start center. As you saw in Philadelphia, when Joel Embiid goes out, is he Joel Embiid? Absolutely not. But in a pinch, he can be a quality starter for you for a week stretch or two week stretch. If something happens where you get hurt or where you need somebody to step up and he can do that for you as well. So I like his game overall, especially I liked it more than I did when the trade was made, I think that he can be a part of this future for sure. But we'll see in the offseason what the contract situation looks like for Tony Bradley. But he's the MVP of this game. Coming up, let's rank the top young players on this roster who are under the age of 23 and look at the biggest stretch in the Thunder schedule. But first, I want to tell you about a good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA... College basketball and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON will get you that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Go to betonline.ag and bet on every single Thunder game with me. And of course, do not forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts from and check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sport news you need in under 20 minutes with the new Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski, updating you on the latest news of every single major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on Odyssey app or wherever else you hear podcasts from. I love Locked On Today. I listen to it every single day as soon as I wake up as I get all the latest news on sports. Today, they talked about golf even, so I was up today on who's going to be favored in the upcoming Masters tournament. Of course, right now they're talking women's college basketball and, and men's college basketball as the Final Four is wrapping up for both. Check them out, Locked On Today podcast, for all your daily news in sports. Now, let's get to the big segment, ranking the top young players on this roster for the future of this team, 23 and younger. Now, number one to me is an absolute lock, obviously. It's SGA. Shea Gildas-Alexander is incredible. And he can be a number one option on the championship team. And if he can be that role and he can do that, then obviously he's the best young player on this team. SGA is number one without question. I don't think there's a lot of pushback from that. We can move on to number two. Now, number two is interesting because do you go with the upside play here or do you go with the sure thing who still has upside? That's the crazy part. And that's why I'm going with Lou Dort because Lou Dort is the sure thing that still has room to grow. He's 22 years old and, and Lou Dort has a tangible NBA skill which will keep him on the floor and keep him paid his entire career. It's playing defense at a high level. And playing defense at such a flustering level that he gets defensive highlights. That's incredibly hard to get these huge Twitter accounts like World Wide Web and ESPN Bleach Report to give you highlight reels on Twitter and give you that moment in the spotlight on NBA Twitter over defense. That's incredibly hard. And he does that. That's how good he is at the defensive end. Because in general, the casual NBA fan does not really care about defense. But Lou Dort makes you care about defense while he shoots at a much better percentage this year from three, which again, the three, the percentages all around the NBA are going up. So how much of this is real versus how much of this is just a, a factor of the season, but still Lou Dort, if he can even give you league average or a, a slightly below league average three, at least be respectable with what he can do off the dribble, what he can do as a facilitator and what he can do defensively. He turns into an all around really good basketball player. And he already is an all around really good basketball player. And I think that he's going to be a starter for the next time that you want to be a championship level team. I think that his name is pretty well etched in stone as a starter the next time that you want to be a competitive team. And I cannot say the same for the rest of this list. So that's why SGA gets number one and Lou Dort gets number two. And he still has room to grow from here. He's not locked into what he is right now. And then number three, again, is interesting because do you go with the young player who feels safer or the young player who feels like they can be a transcendent star? Of course, that's your two rookies, Tail Malvon and Alexei Pukashevsky. For me, I'm going to go with Tail Malvon because I think that at the worst case scenario of his career, if things do not go the way that, that he plans them to and he just hits his floor, which not a lot of people hit their floor, not a lot of people hit their ceiling. So a lot of people finish somewhere in between that. 
But if Teo Maldon hit his floor, then you have a great sixth man and you have a great point guard for your bench unit that can help you keep the game afloat while your starters are out. And how many times in Oklahoma City have we needed that in Oklahoma City? Have we needed a guy to go in there with the second group and just don't have the game collapse on you? And that will not happen on Teo Maldon's watch. Therefore, since he has that tangible skill set and since he has that, that high floor to where I know things will pay off for him, I have to put him at number three because I can trust him the most of these young players. However, I would not begrudge anyone who puts my number four at number three. And of course, my number four is Alexei Pokashevsky because Pokashevsky can be an all-star. He, he can be this transcendent all-star borderline superstar player because he does such unique things with a, as a seven-footer. He can pass, he can dribble, he can shoot, he can play good defense, especially helping out defensively. Pokashevsky can do things that seven-footers shouldn't be able to do. So if he can master all those skill sets, then he easily becomes maybe even a number two on this list, like maybe even a number two of your core. However, he does have that lower floor. I will say with the Thunder, with the Thunder developmental staff and the way that it seems that Pokashevsky is dedicated to the NBA, you can see improvements already, which most people did not expect to see in just a half a year of NBA basketball without the summer league, without the preseason, without true training camp. Many people thought this year would kind of be a lost year for him, but you're already seeing improvements from him with the way that it seems that he works as hard as he does. And the track record of the Thunder developmental staff, I think that with Pokashevsky, even if he does not reach that all-star level that we all hope he does, and it's why you took the home run swing for Pokashevsky, even if he does not reach that level, I think that he does so many things and has so many tools that if it turns out that they cannot develop all of them and he cannot be this all-around unicorn type of player, they can at least hone in on something to make him a quality NBA player. So I really like Pokashevsky. Number five, again, this is going to be a surprise to most of you, especially coming from me. But I'm going to go with Ty Jerome because Ty Jerome's 23 years old, so he's just now making the cut. Uh, He's just barely making the cut of the 23 younger category. But Ty Jerome's 23 years old. He can shoot and shoot the lights out of the gym, spacing the floor, and pairing that with SGA, who's elite at driving and kicking, that's a really good uh, a really good trait to have next to SGA. Ty Jerome is also a great passer, and I never gave him enough credit coming out of college and the NBA for his passing ability and his vision. So those two things, mixed with adequate defense, he's not a great defender, but he's also not going to get abused defensively, so he can, he can stay on the floor as that sharpshooter and as that good passer, and with the, the team around him, which will be full of guys who can play off ball and guys who can cut because of how versatile Mark Dagnott wants this team to be, his passing ability becomes a premium moving forward. I like Ty Jerome because he's safe and because I know he'll be an NBA quality player for the duration of his tenure in Oklahoma City. He'll always have a, have a, have a skill set that will not go bad and cannot be exposed and cannot really be stopped because what do you really do to stop Ty Jerome shooting? He's that good of a shooter. And if you overcommit to Ty Jerome shooting, he can take you off the bounce. If you double team Ty Jerome shooting, then you're going to have SGA around him and have whoever you end up drafting around him. Those two guys who are going to be even better options for you offensively to where you cannot waste your, your bodies defensively by double teaming Ty Jerome. So you have to let him hit threes and he will hit threes and he will help your offense. So that's why he gets number five for me. And number six is Darius Baisley. 
Darius Baisley's 20 years old, still has a ton of room to grow. It's a little bit alarming that he's the only player who has not thrived in the Mark Dagnot system. As we talk about how if you gave Mark Dagnot a AAU team, he could compete somehow because he's just that good of a coach. Not been the case with Darius Baisley. And he's hurt. And I, I do think it's poised for a good bounce back whenever it is he plays again, either this year, or hopefully, or next year. I think he will have a bounce back type of season. Uh, but he doesn't have that for sure skill set, right? He, he has really good defense, at least the high motor defensively, which can translate to good defense. And he's shown tiny flashes in the bubble of shooting, and, 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 those, and those bubble shooting numbers are really good, but he has not sustained that in the actual NBA environment of the big arenas without the vantage point of the, of the smaller backgrounds in the bubble. I think that his elite trait is his playmaking, but if you surround him with SGA, who needs the ball, with Taylor Malvin, who needs the ball, and whoever you draft will likely need the ball, you know, if you draft the Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham or whoever, they'll likely need the ball as well, then is there enough opportunity for him with the ball in his hands? And that's why I'm a little bit surprised by his slump to start this year. And that's why I don't think it'll last because when you say it out loud and you talk about this system where it's versatile and you want every player to handle the ball and you want every player to just push the floor with his rebounding ability, which was phenomenal in the bubble and is still good this year with his rebounding ability. That's not gone away with his playmaking and ball handling ability for his size and his position. He should thrive with Mark Dagnon. He just has not done that yet. And I think that it's just a simple case of a sophomore slump or whatever you want to call it to where he'll bounce back because this system should fit him so well. But he did get passed by for me for the safer option in Ty Jerome, but I do not think he should be punished too much for this season. Number seven is Sfi because again, he has that shooting and that shooting is so valuable in the NBA. I've also been a lot more, more impressed with his athletic ability than I thought I would be at the NBA level. Sfi is really a quality shooter. I then have Isaiah Roby at eight. I, I just like Isaiah Roby's game. I've talked about him a ton on this podcast before. You know what I like about his game, how versatile he is, which fits really, really well with the motivation of this team. Number nine is Moses Brown because of the upside factor. I think that his floor, obviously, is a guy like Bobod, who's just a big body that comes in and changes the game, changes the pace, and also changes the dynamic of what the other team wants to do. If the other team wants to go small and you toss out Moses Brown and he's just getting 20 rebounds, then they have to adjust to you rather than you adjusting to them. And then I have, Mo, I have Moses Brown at nine because of that upside, and he can be even more than that in his career if he develops well, but that's at least going to be his floor. Number 10, I have Tony Bradley, who's 23 years old. I, I, I like Tony Bradley's game, and he's a solid player, but his numbers and his game and his play style will not leap off the page at anybody. He's just kind of a solid choice. Taking, taking Tony Bradley would be like going to Chick-fil-A and getting a chicken sandwich. It's going it, to do its job, be serviceable, and be consistent. That's what Tony Bradley's going to do. And then number 11, the final player that's under 23 who we're going to rank is Josh Hall. So we've ranked every single 23 or younger player. And the reason Josh Hall is number 11 is because we haven't gotten to see him yet. And we've not gotten to see that he can be available for this team. I think that he'll get over these injuries and be on a two-way contract next year and be really good. I believe in his tool set. I believe that he can be that converted two-way player. And before the year, I, I thought that he would be the one that gets converted this year and you keep that tradition alive instead. It was Moses Brown. So then you can look to go four for four next year with Josh Hall if he does return for the two-way contract for next year. He's very athletic. He's very skilled when driving and cutting. And I think that he's a, he has a serviceable jump shot to where he will not get boxed into that role. He will not get you know, kind of left alone if he ever does fulfill his NBA dreams. So coming up, let's talk about how the next two weeks of this season will define the Thunder's season. But first... 
Let's talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Built Bars are incredible. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. They're great for losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're great for the conscious person. They're soft and easy to chew with 100% chocolate on the outside of every single bar. They have six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. You know that I love that cookies and cream Bilt Bar. Try them today by going to BiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Try them right now. Try those cookies and cream options, especially at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at Rock Auto. Rock Auto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. Whenever I was three years old, you could have been going and buying auto parts online at rockauto.com while you still had dial-up internet, while the still the internet would fall apart and just collapse every time your landline rung. But in the meantime, when the landline wasn't ringing, you could have gone to rockauto.com and found all the parts your car would ever need. They have an amazing selection and reliably low prices. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I am a car novice. I don't know anything about cars. I, I do not know how to change the windshield wipers, how to change a tire, how to, how to even check the oil. I, I'm just completely lost. But I'm found by rockauto.com because they're an amazing website. And their amazing website allows me to put my make, my model, my year into their database. And they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting time and money on things I do not need and parts I cannot use. I only get what I actually need with their reliably low prices. Amazing selection, reliably low prices with the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Visit them right now. Go to RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about us box and they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. We are back on Locked On Thunder. Whenever this podcast is over, check out the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Get more of the analysis of the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Lockdown NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. Let's talk about this season coming up. This stretch of two weeks coming up for the Thunder is the most important stretch of the season by far. If you want to get Jalen Suggs with that buzzer beater, that amazing buzzer beater in front of four, if you want to get Jalen Suggs, you want to get Jonathan Kaminga, you want to get Jalen Green, you want to get Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, these players, these, these five players that can really change a franchise, that can really put the Thunder back on the map as a potential sleeping giant dynasty type of team, if you want to get these players, you have to capitalize on the next two weeks. So here's the schedule the next two weeks. And you play a lot of teams who are ahead of you right now on tankathon.com, and, and you have to lose those games to be able to jump them. Because not only does the Thunder need to lose games, they need the other teams to win games, right? So the Thunder have lost two in a row, they've gotten blown out, and they've moved past Chicago. They've gotten to eight. Because while the Thunder are losing, Washington's lost three straight. Cleveland's lost five straight. Houston's lost four straight. Like These teams are losing games still as the Thunder are. So you can't keep pace with them. You've got to do better than them. And so that's why against the Pistons tonight, the Thunder 
losing helps you twofold because it helps Detroit win. And you have a lot of games like this coming up. So tonight, in these next two weeks, tonight you play the Pistons. Wednesday, you play the Hornets that have no LaMelo and no Gordon Hayward. And the Hornets are a sneaky team to get into this tanking battle with you because right now they're 25 and 24. They're above 500, but they're five and five in their last 10. They've lost one straight game. And again, they've, they've now lost Gordon Hayward along with LaMelo Ball. And then you play the Cavaliers and the Thunder on that Cavaliers game will be on the, will be on the second night of a back-to-back while the Cavaliers will have the rest advantage because they have a day off on Wednesday. So you play the Cavaliers, a team ahead of you who you would like to catch up with and like to jump. I think that the Cavaliers are, and, and the Magic, but more so the Cavaliers, are the team that the Thunder can actually overcome because the Cavaliers are at least going to try to win games and, and put the best foot forward to win games. So that's a massive game Thursday. I mean, that game cannot be overstated how big that game against Cleveland is on Thursday. Saturday and next Tuesday, you play two great teams. And Bede's back and you play the 76ers on Saturday. Tuesday, you play at the Jazz, who, who are just rolling right now through their competition. Now, here's the pivotal stretch. Starting next Wednesday, going through Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Monday. You take on the Warriors. Not only do the, do the Warriors need wins if you have any outside chance at the, 23, at the 21st overall pick, which I do not think that the Thunder really have a chance at, but, of course, the Thunder need losses. And the Warriors will try to win this game because they're pushing for that play-in spot. Friday, you're back against Detroit, who, again, is ahead of you. You go on the road to Detroit next Friday. Next Sunday, you play the Raptors, who should still be pushing for that play-in, and you can pseudo make up that game that you dropped, which will be very frustrating at the end of the year that you dropped that game to Toronto uh, last week. And by drop, I mean, of course, you won that game against Toronto, uh, which in this weird season is considered dropping that game. And then next Monday, on the second night of back-to-back, you play Washington. And Washington, of course, is number six right now at Sangathon.com, and they're ahead of you by a couple of games. So that Washington game is huge. If the Thunder can get through this stretch with a lot of losses here, then they can really change their dynamic of this tank, and they can change and get into that upper echelon. And look, does it suck watching your team get blown out every single night? Yeah, it sucks watching your team get beat by 40, but it is a small price to pay. If you can sustain two weeks of losing, you could have the best odds possible at getting that dynasty that we're talking about. If you get Cade Cunningham or you get Jalen Suggs, you have now launched the Thunder into the infancy stages of a dynasty, not to mention if you get that pick for for Cade Cunningham or for Jalen Suggs and Houston's pick falls to five, you've now transformed into a borderline young super team that will eventually develop into that super team. It's incredible what you could do all to just lose a couple weeks here. That's it. That's all you got to do is lose a couple weeks. Because the best case scenario is you'll win a couple games and you're not a playing team. You're not a lottery team. You're the middle of the pack team. And who wants that, right? If you're rooting for wins, the best case scenario wins-wise is maybe you beat some of these bad teams here. Maybe you beat Washington. Maybe you beat the Pistons twice. And you do that, and all of a sudden, you're like 10th on tankathon.com, and you're not in the play-in, but you're not improving your lottery odds. And you have worse odds now of getting that dynasty. And also, still... Do not reach the playoffs this year. So what was the point of all that? That's why I can't understand how this is still so kind of polarizing a bit. But the Thunder have to lose for two weeks here, and then you get the dynasty. It's it's pretty much that simple. You get the best chance possible at that dynasty. So follow me on Twitter for all the updates at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N 
underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. It's the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We will be back tomorrow to recap this game against Detroit. So until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.